was so loud. Dude, that, that was, was good so one. good. That was so good. Damn. <laughs> that Here, was here's, so loud. Here's mine. That's some weed. And Emily has her, her wine. Oh, God. I'm going to get She's so laughing. stoned off that one hit. I sucked it way too hard. See? She said. I, uh, I took an edible the other night, and I you were I legit off. had a weed hangover the next day. Like, it was like one of those ones where, like, I only took, like, a 10 milligram, and I took it. I could not take a 10 milligram edible. No fucking way oh okay well i took a 10 milligram um and i took i swear i took it at like three four at the latest five o'clock so plenty of time to like get my high and come down off of it because i was up late and the next morning i wake up and i wake up my eyes open i feel fine i stand up and i like almost fall over i'm like oh fuck like i had like vertigo and my body was like tingly and it was just, it was fucking weird. Like I thought I was still high and to go with it. So I was at the lake with Sarah and um, <clears throat> her husband and daughter, her sister and some of their other family. And so I go out of the bedroom, I go into the kitchen and I'm sitting in there drinking a coffee trying to sit still and this is all this is all being narrated in my head as I'm doing it I'm trying to sit still and I'm like okay everybody can definitely tell that I'm still fucked up wait 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 this was this last weekend yeah because you ate an edible like two weeks ago and that's when you covered yourself in ice cubes and Kaylee, that I ate a video. lot of edibles I think I thought it was so funny when you and your sister called me and your sister was like do you have any edibles and you were like no she doesn't I was like yes I do I have them everywhere I have them in really? my purse you like I have edibles? them in my cat yes I I fucking hate edibles. Anyways, I didn't I know that you took them this often. Yeah, I do. Okay. And so I was sitting there and I was trying to drink my coffee. And then Sarah's kid realizes that I'm awake. So she's sitting next to me playing Animal Crossing, talking to me. And I'm 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 probably sitting there like just wide-eyed, just like rocking back and forth. <laughs> Jesus and Corey texts me, he's like, Can you bring me a water? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And so I walk to the fridge. And I like I feel like I'm walking like on a sailboat because I'm like I'm not stable, and so I'm walking and I'm and like literally in my head I'm like okay Corey you can do this you can do this nobody can tell it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine and so I get the water I bring it to Corey and I just lay back down for a few minutes because I was not ready to be around people I was so obviously still high hungover yeah I feel like I would have had a panic attack at that point with like people around me that yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I was, I'd I was be a like, little freaked out. That's why I went back to bed. I was like, I'm not, I can't. Yeah. They're watching me. They're they're all looking at me. They're just looking at me. They're not looking I at anything else I like can't. the lake or the TV. No, it's just you. And they're also realizing they're reading your thoughts too when you're that mm-hmm. You're like, mm-hmm. they know how fucked up I am. Oh, right they saw it. I was not hiding it at all. We have a guest today. <laughs> We have Emily, exercise for cheese fries, and she, Emily and I met through Instagram, and she's been on a crazy whirlwind. I think we had, like, one cycle that it was around the same time of IVF. Um, Emily has done countless rounds of IVF, and she's going to, like, lay it all out for you. She is one badass motherfucker. 
Um, it's also Niwa. We realize that we're not going to focus on it. We may or may not address it if we feel like it. And also, it's 420, so <laughs> don't Which take an edible. <laughs> Which is why we started the way we did. Emily, have take you taken an edible before? Take multiple. No, I haven't smoked since college. And I've, like, wanted to try edibles or, like, try something, like, now. And <laughs> I don't even know where to start because there are so many options. I just, like, Dude, overwhelmed. It's so intense now. Weed when we were in college was like legit hybrid grass. Like you, I would, I had like a nug that lasted me a quarter of college. Like not a quarter, like I mean like a semester quarter, you know, like a fourth of the year. And I would just grind it up in my little grinder and put it in my little pipe mm-hmm. and be like poop, poop, poop. And I'd be like, oh, wow, this is wonderful. I'm going to go to sleep. Now I'm like, poof, 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 what the fuck is happening? Oh, yeah. And like, they just try to take it like further and further. Like, let's see how fucked up we can yeah. get people. I haven't tripped harder on weed than I have on acid, shrooms, and ecstasy. <laughs> and probably all three of those combined if we decided to like wrap them up in a bow. Um, it's so intense now. I don't, I can't hang. Can't hang at all. This is 50-50 CBD and THC. That's the only reason why I can smoke that it. That's lovely. And this is me trying to cultivate a smoking habit. So that's my that's my goal. I've been wanting to cultivate a smoking habit. Okay, I live with a smoker. Lee's like a retired cigarette smoker, but he was smoked cigarettes for 15 years. And then he's like on and off vape and he smokes weed. My sister's a smoker and she smoked cigarettes and then smokes weed and now she's on that like little um jewel thing and what i love about it is any social family get together they get to go off with each other and fucking smoke by themselves and i'm stuck there with everyone else that i don't want to talk to and i'm like i need a smoke i need a non-smoke smoke break so that's you could just you could just walk away I, I could, but but then my parents won't be around me if I'm smoking. So my parents are so, like, grossed out by smoking that they will stay, like, 50 yards from you, you know, as will the rest of the family. And so that really gives you a defined boundary. Because if they see you wandering by yourself and you're not smoking, they're going to, like, think that you're suicidal. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Walk with that you. is true. <laughs> Anyways, we should get into Emily. Emily, do you want to introduce yourself Tell us a little bit about your crazy ass fucking journey, um, as well as maybe weave in like Decatur and what an adorable dog she is and all that. What? Uh, sure. Wait, so, let's start with that. Decatur? <laughs> yeah. So my dog's name is Decatur. She's a golden retriever. She's currently in a She's cone. From Louisiana. Like a cone of shame. You're from Louisiana? I or am. I'm from Louisiana. No, my dog's named after Decatur Street in New Orleans. That's literally my favorite street name, which is why I was so excited, and you just made me even more excited about it. Yeah. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Where are you from in Louisiana, if you want to say? Uh, you originally to. from Baton Rouge, and I lived in New Orleans for 10 years. No way. That's fucking yeah. cool. Small yeah, I moved world. to California from New Orleans. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. continue. I'm sorry. Um, I was very excited. Yeah. Indicator's currently in a cone of shame, and I don't know where she went. She's, like, afraid of me right now, but she – it's, like, that time of the day where she just, like, wants to go outside and, like, thinks it's dinner time. So sure. she was bothering me, me a few minutes ago. Um, but, yeah, so 
Infertility. <laughs> um, I, my husband and I tried to conceive for five years. Um, and we have done IVF for two years. We started in, oh my God, November of 2019. Um, we've done eight retrieval cycles. I've had a total of like 75 oh, oh. eggs retrieved. Oh my. Did you say eight? Yeah, eight. Um, out of those 75 eggs retrieved, we've made a total of 11 embryos and three of those have been PGS normal. So 75 eggs to three PGS normal embryos. We've done three transfers. A, um, we did an FET, a fresh transfer, and another FET. I have had losses from both of the FETs and the fresh transfer failed. Uh, I've had two surgeries, no, three surgeries. I had an abdominal myomectomy between my first two retrieval cycles, had three fibroids removed. One of them was 10 millimeters, no, 10 centimeters. Um, so for reference, your uterus is seven centimeters. Yeah, I was just so going to say, isn't my it seven? fibroid was bigger than my uterus. So I had that removed. And as he was removing that, he accidentally punctured my bladder. So that was fun. I ended up spending two days in the hospital with a Foley catheter that's like the size of a garden hose. So things were stretched. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's your takeaway. Things were stretched. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking crazy. Um, So yeah, I've had two other surgery. I had two hysteroscopies. One last year, um, that in 2019, July 2019, I had a hysteroscopy and had three more fibroids removed. And then last year in October, before my last transfer, had another hysteroscopy where she found pretty progressed Asherman syndrome from my what is, surgery. What is Asherman's? That's scar? A, like an accumulation of scar tissue. So basically she showed me the pictures of the inside of my uterus and like the walls of my uterus were attached with scar tissue. Oh my so God. So she had to go in and remove all of that scar tissue. My uterus looks great afterwards. Um, but like, I don't know if that was the reason for my latest loss or if like, I don't know if that had nothing to do with it. So, do they scrape out that scar tissue and then like put the balloon in and like yeah, it, that's that thing. Yeah. Okay. So they, um, I think she did ablation to remove all of the scar tissue, and then she placed a balloon stent in my uterus for a week, and I was on estrogen for a month, and then I did a round of Provera to induce a bleed just to like get my cycle back on track after that. Mm -hmm. So my lining should have been perfect. I guess at that point, um, we did an FET cycle. It worked. And then I had another loss that was exactly the same as the first loss. It was just like betas didn't double and it didn't progress how it was supposed to. So we recently just found out that that embryo was actually PGS normal. 
So that was like pretty devastating. Um, my first thought was like, oh my God, my uterus killed my child. So that was fun. Um, so that's where I'm at currently. We just had that latest loss and we decided to discontinue our trying to conceive journey because we've just like been through so much and like we're just depleted now. Sure. Yeah. I mean, eight, eight retrieval cycles. That's like a, that's a full-time job. Like, yeah, it's a lot. I actually had to quit my job because of it. Yeah. I like, I, Kaylee took her sabbatical and I'm thinking about trying to do the same thing for one cycle. I can't even wrap my brain around eight, eight. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, it it literally was a full-time job. I literally had to quit my job. They were our last four cycles we did in Las Vegas, which is four hours away from where I live. So I had to like go there for two weeks during retrieval cycles. So it was like impossible for me to give my work like advanced availability. So. And she's a nurse. I gotta go. So it's not kind of like, I can work from the road. (laughs) Sure. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's insane. So this last failure, like failed round loss, was so fucking gnarly. Like, Mm -hmm. your day-to-day, I remember messaging you being like, can they sedate you? Like, I would be sedated. Like, it was... You, how long was that? Was it a month of testing? Yeah, oh. it was about a month. It was like, uh, I mean, yeah, my first beta looked really great. The second one almost doubled. So, like, we were super hopeful. And then the third one, like, only went up by, like, 15. So, we were like, okay, well, this isn't going well. And so, then... After that, it was like, it was so crazy because it like actually started to double for a little while. And so then we were like hopeful again. And then we went in for the first ultrasound and like didn't see what we're supposed to see. So we're like, great, this is, it really isn't going well. And it went exactly how my first loss went. So it was probably the same cause as the first one. We just don't know what happened. How are you dealing with this? So not to mention your home, this is your full-time job, but you're also married to a, 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 he's a neurosurgeon. He's a neurologist. So he doesn't do surgery, but he, you know. So he's a doctor. So he has like legit, (laughs) I can't be here for you when you get bad news. I'm like on call or, you know, how are you dealing with this kind of news when you're by yourself a lot? Yeah. Uh, Because you're doing this during COVID too. Yeah, so my husband and I have been together for 10 years. I met him when he was in his fourth year of med school. So this is not new for me. Like him not being there when I have things going on is not new for me at all. Um, I've kind of just gotten used to it. And he's there for me when he can be. And he's been able to come to Las Vegas with me when he's off work. But yeah, I've had to receive a lot of bad news by myself. Um, and had to deliver that bad news to him mm-hmm. over the phone, which is even harder. Like getting bad news by yourself is one thing. And then having to deliver that news to your significant other over the phone really sucks. So yeah. that's been really hard. Like having to like be the one to 
like receive and deliver that news. I had to do it the that first time I was sitting in the doctor's office um, when we had our first loss and my husband had to step outside to take a call. He travels, well, not anymore, but he used to travel for work all the time. So it was kind of similar. It's like I, I do a lot of shit on my own, um, which is fine. I'm independent, whatever. But I hearing that news, processing that news, not sometimes like not even knowing like what to respond to the doctor, not knowing what questions to ask. And then having to, I had to call him to get him to come inside clearly sobbing. And it's like, how do I even put this into words? Like, how do I even tell you? I I can't even, I can't even process it in my own fucking brain. Like that's like having to do that multiple times. I mean, that's. Yeah. And also like, I tend to get, really overwhelmed when I get bad news and I don't know how to respond and I don't know what questions to ask like on the spot so and he's a lot more level-headed and that's why he's a doctor and I'm a nurse I'm the emotional one so (laughs) um, he tends to just like take it and process it immediately and he knows what questions to ask so I love when he's there when I get bad news because he's the one who like has all the questions so, yeah, it's like I always end up having to, like, call my nurse afterwards and ask a bunch of questions because I'm like, sorry, I, like, blacked out when you gave me that news. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, and they ask you, they're like, do you have any questions? I'm When I got my low beta call, she was like, do you have any questions? And I was like, do you mind giving me 15 seconds to think through if I have questions? Yeah. Like I need a full 15 silence to, to micro, like really quickly process what you're telling me and then say, is there anything I can do at this time to help? Or is this fully out of my hands? She's like, take your meds. It's fully out of your hands. Like, that's it. And I was like, okay, I don't think I have any more questions besides have you seen this before? And like, has it resulted in a live birth? And she was like, no, it hasn't. And I was like, okay, thank you for like setting that expectation, helping me adjust my expectations. Um, I so like I need longer than that. 15 I mean, seconds. 15 seconds. I need to well, like go to sleep and yeah. let the questions wake me up in the middle of the night. And then mm-hmm. I need a number to call. I think that's that. normal. <laughs> that's how Alyssa is too. Like, Alyssa takes much, a long time. Like I, I'll think about it and I'll think about it and I'll think about it. And then one day it'll just pop into my head and all of a sudden I want to get into an argument. I'm like, wait, what the, f- <laughs> like, no, tell me this. And it's like, this has already been done. They're already like, they put my file in the shredder already, but like, I got fucking questions. Mm-hmm. I know you asked me if I have questions, but all of a sudden I do have questions. <laughs> Riddle me this motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I need, a, I need a few days. <laughs> sometimes. So like when I got my bad news, that's that was on a Thursday. I cried in a tile store while I was picking tile out for my house. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny. I, that's I got the news when I was going. Lee and I were in the car to pick out tile and like <clears throat> hardwood flooring. Is that when you picked out those really pretty ones <clears throat> by your door? Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And well, that's when we got options. So like, we're the type of people that pick our top five, bring it home, put it in the space, blah blah blah. blah analysis paralysis, and. I, Friday, I was really sad. Saturday, I was pissed. Yeah. Like, real fucking pissed. And I started drafting my questions. And then I sent my questions on Sunday and set expectations on it. But 
also, I'm not emotionally processing anything at that time. If anything, I'm deflecting any emotional process by asking these questions. I'm kicking it further down the road um, by trying to get information. So in these eight egg retrievals, did any of them become more painful over time? Like, I've only had one egg retrieval, and I'm curious, like, is it the same rodeo every time? Yeah. So I would actually say it gets easier over time. Mm. And so, no, okay, so I take that back, actually. So the first one, I didn't know what to expect at all. So... I went in with like a clean slate and I just like was focusing on like the injecting myself part. Like that was hard. And then the second one, I was just like kind of checked out on that part of it and like didn't care anymore. Part of that second retrieval, I was actually at a bachelorette party in Key West and I was having to like leave dinner to go inject myself. So that was real fun. Um, and then the third one, I was like, so over it. And like, after that, every single retrieval cycle, I was on autopilot. And I did notice that I would get really anxious at like the progress throughout the retrieval cycle, like seeing follicles and hearing about my lab results and all of that, I would get really anxious. So starting on my fifth retrieval cycle, I opted to not pay attention to the ultrasound screen and to not get any feedback on what my follicles look like. And that reduced my anxiety immensely. So yeah, I mean, I would say. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I think, okay, well, so. uh, I feel like you want a bigger screen. Give me that lobby TV. I need to see. I don't know. I didn't. But here's the thing. I foregoed all day three updates. Like I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to know shit until they're at day five. And like, you can call me with fertilization, but I, I really don't want to know because at this point in time, there's nothing I can do to control it. And I like, I like to micromanage things I can control. And if I can't control it, I'll just spiral into helplessness and despair. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly why I did it. And like in my last two or three retrieval cycles, I opted to know nothing. Like I wanted to know the egg number. And then after that, nothing until day five. Don't call me until day five. I don't want to know anything. Because yeah. none, none of those numbers in the middle matter. No. It's like that day five number that matters. And if I could like go back and do it again, I might just say like, don't call me until you have PCS results. Right. <laughs> nothing matters until then. Yeah, because then, like, I remember getting my day five update, and they're like, okay, these are the ones that – so I had a day five update, and then I had a day six. I think I had three day six embryos that came back. So I had – wait, hold on. No, I had two day six embryos that came. So they were like, okay, we sent these off for testing, and then the day six, then they sent those off for testing. And then it actually wasn't very long because I feel like IVF people, people were still unable to do IVF or something. So I got my PGS results in a week. And honestly, I feel like it would have been better for me to have the retrieval, know how many they pulled, and then just call me with the PGS results. Um, And if I had to do IVF again, I feel like I 
also wouldn't want to know like the size of the follicles you're seeing. Like I, because sometimes too, if you have different ultrasound texts, they see different follicles, they count them differently. So it's not consistently applied. I also feel like I always, like I would always sit there and to ease my anxiety, somehow this helped. I would watch them, you know, how they push, they put the point and then they put it on the other side to measure. Like yeah. I always watched and some would put like a little bit on the outside and some would put a little bit on the inside or they would measure like a skinnier part of it because it was a little weird shaped. And like I, I, my brain was always just sitting here like that's, you're not, that's not how the other lady did it. You're not measuring it in the right <laughs> spot. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and. And plus, I'm not, I mean, I did my research, but as soon as I read it, it just fell out the back of my head. Um, so I'm not as like data oriented as, as you are, Kaylee. So like, I feel like every time they told me my numbers, I would just like kind of like smile and nod and like, oh, that's interesting. And like, I never actually. I would track them. I had a maturity that calendar. No. Like it not. was, I can't help but put everything into Excel. Excel this is why I need you with me. <laughs> This is why I, I need, need you, you with like, me. I need you to be my like proxy. Also, there's some nurses that can tell you the measurement and some that can't. So like some would have the screen tilted away from you so that you couldn't read. At least for me, I couldn't read what it was, what they were like doing. And they're like, we'll call you in six hours to tell you. And I was like, you fucking motherfuckers. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, that's how my first, so my first doctor, the doctor actually did the ultrasound. So I knew in real time what, everything looks like my second doctor has an ultrasound tech that does it but it's the same ultrasound tech every time so that was at least nice it was consistent but yeah I didn't know anything until the nurse called me so you hopped REs or mm -hmm. clinics oh yeah I've had I've had three REs Whoa. my first one is the one who did all of my diagnostic testing I didn't do any treatment with her but I went in for like treatment planning whatever appointment like our consultation to like plan treatment and she told me that the reason I wasn't getting pregnant was because I was too skinny so I mean I was 115 pounds and I'm 5'2 so that's like a that's not true and b yeah. um no. She's projecting some shit onto you yeah. yeah and she straight up asked my husband if I have an eating disorder and yeah so I was I left her office and never went back. Good. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Why is so. it? Why is it that they look at our bodies and that's like you're, you're that's why you're infertile? Like why is that's not scientific at all? That's not. There's some really healthy curvy yeah. girls and really healthy skinny girls. I don't know. That's just that's such a mind fuck. And like, even if you you know you didn't have an eating disorder, but like, what if you used to? Like, like what if you? Or maybe, what if you did? And that just, like, fostered it even more. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. just, ugh, fuck that. That's so stupid. So you left that bitch, and then where did you go? Yeah. Kicked um, her in the cunt and left. Well, we moved shortly after that, so we just waited until we moved to Palm Springs, and I went to the local doctor in Palm Springs, um, the only one, and that's <laughs> where I did my first four cycles. And then we switched to the clinic in Vegas. Wow. And your clinic in Vegas, I saw a lot of their, I think it was a woman that does YouTube videos from that clinic and talks about IVF and stuff. I wonder if that's the same clinic. I think it's the clinic you go to, but it was like very educational. There was a lot of educational material. It might be my doctor. My doctor does a lot of like, she has like a huge social media presence. 
Okay, then it must be her. I loved all her shit. When she was talking through like embryo maturity and what the gradings mean. And like she, I think in one of her videos, she's like, I've seen someone get pregnant with like a three, you know, like I've, I've seen someone get pregnant with a three CC or something like that, like really low quality embryo. And like, it works out like that. I remember her helping me get away from that doesn't matter. That doesn't necessarily mean success. No, no, that's true. That's absolutely true. With embryo grading, it like doesn't necessarily translate into success. Yeah. So then you, what were some of the diagnostics that you got outside of her thinking that you were too skinny, (laughs) which is Uh, bullshit. When I left that clinic, the only diagnostic I had, the only like diagnosis I had was fibroids. So I went to the second clinic and he, in our initial consultation, noticed so that she didn't check my, she checked my AMH, which was normal. It was 1.2. Um, she was concerned about my follicle count um, and said that I might have low reserve. But my second doctor said, well, you can't define low reserve unless you also check FSH. So he checked my FSH and it was borderline high. So he said, okay, I'm a little concerned about your ovarian reserve. We, I am recommending that we do IVF and we should do it as soon as possible. Wow. Yeah. So like, I mean, the the numbers don't really point, like my AMH was 1.2. My FSH is 10.5, which is like the upper end is 10. So it was only borderline high. So I've done like all the things to improve my egg quality and the numbers. Well, it all starts with the egg. (laughs) Fuck you, Corey. (laughs) God, I hate that book. Oh my God. That book like took over my life for like. Dude does. I want to admit how long and it's nothing. Nothing. No results. No oh my god, all of the Amazon purchases of supplements, I was like, oh my god, I need this. So oh my god, I need that. Oh my god, They're I need still this. under my kitchen cabinet. Because I bought them, I, they, I had like value packs. That's so much. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to need this because oh, it all god. starts with the egg. And so I just bought them <laughs> compulsively. And then I was like, God damn. All this is doing is making me pee different colors. Like, this is not <laughs> actually dude, helping. For me. real. For real. Yeah. Also, like you're, I don't know, just going through all those pills, then that adds an anxiety of like, for me, I mean, I forget to take my Zoloft sometimes because I'm on calls at 730. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like panicking to take my Zoloft. Right. And all these pills, if I didn't take them with breakfast, then I was like, fuck, I have to take them with this meal. And then it puts them off at this meal. Like it just, it created some other neurosis. Like it just Mm -hmm. enabled Mm -hmm some neurotic behavior. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I have to tell y'all that like being away from like the trying to conceive world is beautiful. I don't have to take, I don't have to take any of that shit anymore. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I call God, them prenatal so vitamins, but that's it. I don't even take those. I take my prenatal like every three days, maybe. I forget a lot and I have no guilt over it. None. I don't even own one. I remember I used to think that like, this is going to like, this is somehow going to kill the baby. Like if I don't take this, like it just became so severe. Yeah. God. So 
you go to this new clinic, you do more, or this is where you do all of your IVF, your retrievals. Is that this clinic? In I Vegas? did it. No, I did my first four retrievals here in Palm Springs. And I did my last four retrievals in Las Vegas. What prompted you to leave the Palm Desert or Palm Springs place? Um, we just like, we weren't having success and we were doing the same thing over and over again. And then I, you know, thought about the fact that my bladder was lacerated during surgery and was like, okay, maybe we need to like switch clinics. Um, it was really just that it was the one thing we hadn't tried. Like we hadn't switched clinics, switched doctors, switched labs. So we were like, is it really that we have trouble making embryos or do we need to switch doctors? And it turned out that we really do just have trouble making embryos. So did you do also like all that genetic testing stuff and all, everything like karyotyping and all that? How much, how deep of a rabbit hole did you get into that? So I didn't do karyotyping, but I did do all of the like recurrent pregnancy loss testing like whatever the like the general panel for that is, yeah. I get all of that, like the blood clotting factors, the autoimmune stuff, the um, like I don't know, there was a whole panel. The oh. only thing that we found oh abnormal on there was my PSH was just a little bit too high, so I was put on levothyroxine, but everything else was normal. So wow, that's I have like yeah, so I have unexplained recurrent pregnancy loss. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I've lost two PGS normal embryos. It, well, three, because one of them didn't implant. So I've lost three PGS normal embryos and have zero explanation for it, which is why we're done. Yeah. I Can I ask yeah. a question about that? Yeah. I don't even know how you would go about explaining it, but as somebody who's chosen, at least in this point in time, as somebody who's chosen to just discontinue everything. Um, like, how did that conversation go? I'm sure it wasn't just a one conversation one night, but like getting to that decision that we're going to live a child-free life. Yeah. So a like, lot how... of people had asked me this question and it's been a process. So we, when we switched doctors, we said, okay, we're going to do three cycles with this new doctor, and then we're going to be done regardless of the outcome. We ended up doing four because we gave four cycles to the previous doctor, and also our so we, our PGS normal embryo from the second doctor came from our first cycle with her. So we did two back-to-back cycles after that that yielded zero normal embryos. So we were like, okay, maybe we should just do one more and see if we can get any more embryos. So we did one more, again, zero normal embryos. So we were like, all right, moving on. So we had one embryo and we had decided that because this was our second doctor, we've done so many cycles, we have one embryo, we're like, okay, maybe this is our baby. So we just decided to like say, we're going to do one transfer with this one embryo. If it works, great. If it doesn't, moving on. And we originally had like said that we would pursue donor eggs. Um, 
but finding out that this embryo was TGS normal, it, like donor eggs would not get us any further sure. because yeah. we are able to make normal embryos. It's just that it's clearly an issue with my uterus. God, that part <clears throat> really speaks to me right now. And that like, you just don't trust your body. Yeah. You're like, okay, now I no longer have this reason that I could kind of sit outside of myself of, oh, we just can't make normal embryos. Um, but then to know that you can make normal embryos, you just, they just aren't working. They're not sticking. They're not, well, they are sticking. They're just not growing at the rate that they should. Like that to me would just be, I mean, right now, speaking for myself with two embryos that have transferred and haven't, well, one stuck, the other one didn't. I am more like, okay, this isn't, even though they want to put this on my bad batch of fucking embryos, this has to be me. There has to be something going on here because this is, I got pregnant naturally like fucking nine years ago and with Lee and like, there's got to be something else at play here. Like, or is it my natural killer cells? Like, why are we just looking at this embryo and why aren't we looking at me from like a system, like a human body system and like everything that's at play and like, could something be out of whack? Um, something along those lines. And now I'm kind of like, unless I have a definitive answer as to what's wrong with my body, I can't in good, goodwill or, I don't know, good conscience, yeah, to my embryos, put them in me. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you I know, wanna... like finding out that my embryo is PGS abnormal, I mean, was PGS normal, like my first thought was like, oh, my God, my body killed my embryo. So, yeah. yeah, putting another embryo into your uterus is like after you haven't had success with two already, I definitely understand that. Did you see Emily, uh, Womanhood 102? She just got the news about her loss. Did you see that? Yeah, tonight? yeah. I was talking to her earlier today about that. It's like the same thing that I yeah. have been through. I can't fucking imagine. And <clears throat> when you're going through IVF, they're like, okay, okay, okay. We're going to take this egg. We're going to take the sperm. We're going to make them be friends. We're going to make them mature. Like it's all about this egg and sperm and it's never about you. And I think that more often than not, that's a huge gap and a reason why we have unexplained infertility or unexplained recurrent pregnancy loss is because you're not looking at me as a viable host. Am you know, I a good host? Like, yeah. It's like a lack of curiosity almost. It's like. I, you, it, nothing makes me feel more like a number than you not being like, well, what if it's this? Or maybe we should check this. Like, like literally you go through the same thing every single day with the same patients over and over. And you're like, we're going to do, we're going to do this. We're going to make the sperm do the thing with the egg. And then we're just going to shoot it up this tube and yeah, cross our fingers. It's like, like, shouldn't you be curious about what's going on inside my body? If I have these normal embryos and we're putting them inside me and the things aren't doing what they're supposed to do. I feel like, yeah. There should be a curiosity there. Like, Also, Emily, you have box. to be curious because you're a fucking nurse. Your husband's a fucking yeah. doctor. I mean, so here's my theory on this. Reproductive endocrinology is a fairly new field. And there's been research done, but there hasn't been extensive research done because the population that they're studying is a protected population. So... People have to be willing to like go through these 
study, like there's no way that you can do like a prospective study on pregnant women. So they're relying on case studies and, you know, um, it's, it's not productive to get good research results. So they are not getting the information that they need to like progress the field. So there's the, in the, the mindset of doctors when they come out of vet school is to like go through whatever the protocol is. So they have like the protocol and, you know, a flow sheet basically of what they're supposed to be doing. And that's what they're doing all day, every day. And they don't have enough research to change any of that. So they get stuck in their like mindset of just going through whatever their protocol is. Just crazy that we pay a premium for a service. That's just a protocol. Right. Like, wait a second. I mean, Emily, I don't even want to know how much you spent on IVF. Did you do one of those buy two, get one free scenarios? No. Or like they refund your money or whatever. I did get one cycle for free. And it was after I had that bladder laceration. My doctor said my next IVF cycle for free as an apology. Oh my God. I guess so. Please don't sue me. Yeah. Yeah, please don't sue me. Here's another egg retrieval. I forgot yeah. that I was debating on doing CCRMs. Um, kind of like, if you don't get pregnant after the X amount, like, then we'll refund you all this money. And it was $36,000. And I remember being like, no way am I going to spend $36,000. Yeah, it's like, we're uh-huh. never going to get to that point. This shit's going to work. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, I wouldn't want to pay $36,000 for like the one, the first embryo transfer that works. Right. And I remember thinking that and being like, Oh, this is a gamble. This is a gamble. And now I'm 50 K in and I'm like, that may, <laughs> may have been a good idea. I, it probably would have like been different if it wasn't so much like an add to cart situation. Cause it's, it's not just like that you get hit with that one bill and it's like, okay, this is what everything's going to cost. Yeah. That's it. It's like, Oh, well, what's another it's another five grand to do this. Oh, oh, that'll help. Okay, let's just yeah, eight grand. Fine. Mm-hmm. Like just let's do that too. It's nothing. And then you're just sitting here, just slowly digging that, that hole. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, fuck. I could have done that thing. I yeah. could have used that coupon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you, we've definitely spent six figures on IVF, close to two hundred thousand. But, but. We have been able, because we have spent more than 20% of our income on medical out-of-pocket expenses, we've been able to tax deduct that. So that's helpful. I need to do that this year. Yeah. No, it's it's a process. And we actually like, that's part of the reason that we have an accountant do our taxes. But Yeah. yeah, it's worth it. I'm definitely, I might, I need to like set up a meeting with my, I don't file my taxes for another like three months. It's so annoying. That's bad. It's not, Corey doesn't do her taxes at all. Corey, <laughs> Corey legitimately does it's not, not my fault. do her taxes. It's not my fault. It's a hundred percent your fault. It's not my fault. See, my tax stuff is in Kansas city and I live in Wichita, so I can't be held responsible for them. 
Corey should be because he lives in Kansas City. Are you picking up when I'm laying down here? Corey should be because he works like, what, five hours a fucking day? Oh, yeah. He sleeps till noon, answers some emails, and then... And makes a fuck ton of money just like playing video games. Yeah. And he's not a video game like professional. Like that's not his job. Which I add that to the list of things I don't understand. How he's not a professional video game player? Yeah. He has literally gotten invitations to things. He's gotten invitations to like game. Legitimately, Lee was asking me, he was like, what does Corey, you know, boy Corey do? And I was like, I'm pretty sure he's a professional video gamer, just be it that he loves being inside and playing video games. And then you're like, no, actually, he's in risk something something. And I was like, risk and asset protection. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, no, no. I don't know how, but. All right. Well, moral of this story is boy, Corey needs to do y'all's motherfucking taxes. But that is good that you get it. At least at least there's that that we have that if it's 20 percent of your income, you get to deduct it from. Yeah, we totally like kept receipts from everything, like mm-hmm. yeah, everything all the way down to like acupuncture and like mm-hmm. should do that. Yeah, Fuck, I did not stuff. do that. I'm sure you could still get it. I'm sure I'll find it. I'm oh, I have no doubt. <laughs> but I should like tally. I should put this in an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I mean, we spent plenty outside of acupuncture, so yeah, just the meds too, and then um. Not to mention, like, the amount you drove and your hotel mm-hmm. stays. Like and- yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All I, of it. you know, had to go stay at Airbnb for two weeks at a time. Man. So how do you feel now? Like, now, I know you're still in the grief process, as we all are. But, like, is there, are you starting to feel better? I know you're, like, a fitness addict, like that is like your jam yeah. and you weren't able to work out for that whole beta hell situation. Yeah. So, I mean, now that I'm like back to my intense workouts, I very happy doing that. Um, I definitely have like bad days and like, you know, when I think about like, you know, the what kind of thing, I, you know, get upset. I cry like probably multiple times a week, but Sure. I, you know, think that'll start to decrease over time. And right now I'm feeling like free. <laughs> um, oh, I, man, you know, awesome. I have multiple vacations planned. I, you know, got Botox for the first time ever. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm like totally thriving on this child-free life at the moment. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, where's your first vacation to? Uh, well, I'm going Where to New Orleans. Your vacations too. I'm going oh, to yeah. New Orleans to visit my my mom and my sisters. Going to and visit all my friends. Um, like the first week mm-hmm. of May, and then I'm probably going to go to Mexico with one of my friends in June, and I and we just booked a trip to Hawaii in August. We're going to. I'm doing a Spartan race in Honolulu and then we're flying to Maui and doing like a vacation for a week in Maui. That's badass. So is your husband a fitness addict like you? No, no, not at all. He goes to Orange Theory and he likes Orange Theory, but like outside of that, no, he hates working out. So that's hilarious. Yeah. He looks at it as like, I have to work out. 
Oh, like it's like doing his taxes. Yes. <laughs> I will bring this up until you do your goddamn taxes. It gives me anxiety. I gave you Corey's number. You can send him a text. I am totally going to send him a text. I didn't get Lee's number, by the way, which is kind of insulting, but whatever. No, I didn't no, give fine. it to you. No, you didn't. I could have texted him to shut the fuck up for you, but no. Oh my gosh. I'm sending it to you right now. I should text him instantly. He's going to be so mad. He never responds to any texts. I mean, I, you know this. I'll send him nudes and he's like, mm, leaves me on red. Motherfucker. Meanwhile, um, I'm making a TikTok out of your nudes. So I know. I just sent you. Well, those weren't full nudes. They were partial nudes. They were on the way to nudes. Emily, have you done a boudoir photo shoot? I, I did. Like I did one before we got married. I was in like the best shape of my life. And they're hot. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you look at them all the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, so my husband has a book of them. I that's what I gave him as a wedding gift is like a book of all of my boudoir pictures. And yeah, they're like, I show people them all the time. I'm like, look at my abs in these pictures. <laughs> Wait, show us, show us your abs. Yeah, yeah. If, you if, have if that's here. on the table, just yeah. <laughs> I have them on my phone. Hold on. Nice. Yeah. I did the same thing for Corey, but I was not in the best shape of my life. Um, <laughs> I was definitely in better shape than I was in, than I'm in now. Um, I had less tattoos and I didn't have my boobs yet. So it's very different. It's like very before and after. Wait, but you've done two. This last one. Yeah. So the first one I did for our wedding present, I didn't have boobs yet. And I only had a couple of tattoos. Like you couldn't see them on me if I was clothed. So was, uh, what? So if you put them side by side now, I'll see if I can find one, but they're somewhere. But if you put them side by side now, it's like two different people. Damn. Yeah. What? Holy Look shit. at your abs. Look at your abs and then the tits you have with those abs. That's not fair. Yeah. I would look like a pork sausage in those underwear. <laughs> Dude, me too. <laughs> Anything with like a tight elastic band, it's like no. A little, little busted booty. Oh, oh my, my God. goodness. That's beautiful. Yeah, they're great pictures for sure. Dude, your hair is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You have so much hair. I had a lot more hair then. I don't know why it just like has been falling out the past few years. IVF. Yeah, definitely yeah. IVF. My hair went Probably. to shit on all those hormones. Yeah, and your my hair, hair is like my like, favorite thing about myself. Yeah, Corey's hair is her thing. Yeah, and it was like frizzy and brittle and falling the fuck out and just. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, starting to get mine fun. growing back on my temples, like these hairs that broke for some reason. And I lost probably like 15% of my hair after my first embryo transfer failed. And then I didn't have that issue with, um, go girl. Um, I didn't have that issue with my ERA cycle. And then this last one, my hair just got sad. Like I didn't lose a lot of hair. It just lost all luster, like all, all joy. It's something about like detoxing from all of the hormones. Cause I like, in the past couple of weeks, I've been like losing handfuls of hair in the shower. Oh, yeah, yeah. How was your detox off all those? Because you were on Medrol. No, strength. you were on yeah. Lovenox. You did like all the things. I feel like it's been a pro. Like it's been like a in phases. Like I 
once when my HCG was decreasing, I had like some symptoms. And then like, once I started like detoxing from all of the hormones, I'm still having like, I don't know if you can see right now, I'm like so flushed right now. I'm having hot flashes. So like I'm still like, I'm like more than a month out and I'm having hot flashes right now. Yeah. I still have them too. I stick my head in the freezer. I went outside in a snowstorm last night. For a hot flash or just to do uh it? Well, oh yeah, that's a great question. I don't really have that opportunity. It's like (laughs) 95 degrees here right now. God damn. All right, this has been the Angry Infertiles. I'm signing off now. Just kidding. <laughs> it snowed here today. It snowed here today. It snowed. I'm not made for cold. I think I'll trade. I'll take the snow and you can have the 95 degrees. I will make that deal with you. I mean, Corey's inside no matter what. So Actually, you know what? That you is not true. Our, like, you can have our August 120 degree temps and I'll take the snow. Man. So I lived in San, I grew up in San Clemente and we would go to Palm Springs when June gloom hit. Oh um, yeah. That's a lot of people in San Diego do that. <laughs> yeah. So like this huge fog bank comes in and it just sits on, cause I lived like a mile and a half from the beach. It just sits there and like Irvine area, like inland, it burns off, but it just sits on the coast. And my dad would get so pissed off that he would get us like a week and a half in Palm Desert. They had like a timeshare. And my dad would just lay out drinking margaritas, just burning his flesh. Like, just fucking cook me, motherfucker. He gets horrible sads. (laughs) (laughs) Like, horrendous. Um, He'll like cry randomly and then be like, what? I'm not fucking crying. And like, it's just like, he's, he's where probably all my mental illness comes from. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we would always go to Palm desert and I'll never forget. I'm eight years old at the Marriott playing football in like the, you know, they have lawns everywhere, even though it's the fucking desert, there's like Mm -hmm. lawns everywhere with trees, with the little wood spokes that keep the trees up. And I'm like running to catch this ball and I'm looking backwards and my thumb hits this tree and the tree bark just goes right underneath my fingernail, pops my fingernail off under the skin. And I was like, always associated Palm Desert with that. Also, this is my last story about Palm Desert. We were at this resort and they had swans in the lake and they were black swans. Ooh. And I told, they were like, don't feed the swans. Don't feed the swans. The swans are aggressive. So I go to Alyssa and I was like, hey, if you do this with your finger to the swans, like they'll come to you. <laughs> so. I hated my sister. So we're outside and like, there's like these cabana-y things and Alyssa's doing this right at this dock in front of all these people. And this black swan just latches onto her fucking finger and she's like trying to get it back. And she's like, oh my God. Like Alyssa was incredibly dramatic. I mean, warranted. And I run away because I know I'm about to get pinned for like (laughs) telling her to do this. So I am sprinting as far as I can. And... My dad and my mom and dad like rushed down to the dock and like grabbed the swan by the throat to like go of Alyssa's finger. And I'm like deep in the reeds hiding. But I mean, oh Palm Desert's, those are my only stories. That and uh, Coachella. But like, yeah, it's, <laughs> oh, it's a good place. Yeah, Coachella made it. No one went to Palm Desert until Coachella, oh. besides like golfers and retirees. Yeah, I've only ever been to Coachella once, and I felt like I was old and not on enough drugs. I was, I think, 17 the first time Coachella was, like, a big thing. And I went with my water polo team, 
and I was too drunk to get in the gate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I'm totally fine. Like everything's fine. I'm like 16 or 17. Um, and yeah, that was my attempt. But listening, I mean, I bet you, you could Airbnb out your house for like a kajillion dollars. Okay, I probably, but then they destroyed my house. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, Okay, so now we'll transition. Well, do we want to talk about Niwa at all? Like, it's up to you. I mean, I, I feel like we've said what we want to say. I'll say what I said to you yesterday. Is that the only issue I'm having with Niwa right now, and this is going to be super contentious. One, I understand that it is to get infertility out there and to have people aware of it. But within our infertility community, which I feel like is pretty tight, mm-hmm. we already fucking know everything. Yeah. So it sounds, it feels kind of like a circle jerk. <laughs> We're all like, look at this, like this video, look at this video, look at this video. And I'm just kind of like, no, we should be posting this on our personal accounts if we want to reach people that don't know about infertility. Cause right now we're just like preaching to the choir. And that's what I don't yeah. like about it this year for some reason. And think- I'm also in a very negative headspace when it comes to fertility. So. I think to, like, fulfill the purpose that it was created for, yeah, I think it should be, like, on public, not public, but, yeah, public, personal, like, outside forums that's not just inside. I mean, I think, like, a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is kind of like this, sort of the same thing. It's like, yeah, we all know this, but it's like, I don't know. Are, Are we a circle jerk? We could be. We're definitely a circle. (laughs) Yeah, we might be. We literally talk about our love for each other, but also like I get what you're saying. Circle jerking each other, but but also like like to like we do that every day inside the community. So I I I think Mm -hmm. like what you're saying, it's like it's just it's not the same thing. Like we're not actually putting it out there. We're not actually spreading awareness because we're all just talking to each other like we usually do. It's not. It's nothing new. It's nothing different. And, and I for, think just like, fucking, this week to mean something, it has to be fucking yeah, out there. Also, a lot of the people that are posting these, like, very popular videos have their babies. Yeah. And I don't. And I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like, eat a dick. <laughs> it's triggering for some reason this year. Um, Emily, how do you feel? You're a nicer person than both of us. <laughs> I mean... I don't know. I I was a lot more into it in previous years. This year, I feel like I am in this weird like purgatory where I like don't really fit in the infertility community anymore because I'm no longer trying to conceive. But I also don't fit into the child free community yet because I haven't reached the level of acceptance that they have. So I'm in this weird space where like I feel like I still need to share my infertility journey. I am not, I have not shared. So my, my Instagram is my personal account, but it was also my second account that I created and I just deleted my original account. So it's not connected to my Facebook and it's not connected to like family and family friends who follow me on Facebook. So I feel like I still haven't publicly talked about my infertility. And part of that is that my husband is not comfortable with it. But I also am not really comfortable talking about it with that group of people because I know what their reaction is going to be. And I don't want to deal with the questions and the comments that can come from that 
population. Like the sure. have you considered adoption? Why are yeah. you quitting? Like Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, yes, if I if we wanted to use it for that purpose, like the purpose it was intended, I would be sharing on my Facebook. But I don't feel comfortable doing that. And you know, yeah. I would put I would never put anything on my Facebook. I think put last, all my shit on my Facebook. I, I don't <laughs> go on Facebook. I think I put my my coming out post on Facebook and then I like never went on Facebook again. But um I put my I put all of my shit out there for all of this on Facebook um like a couple years ago. Um, in your videos. Yeah, uh, so I did two fundraisers, one that I won my Invisel cycle on and one that was just for a child loss awareness charity. So I put it out there to spread the awareness, to also generate the donations to the charities that help the people and all that. But it's like that was spreading awareness. Like there were so, there's so many people you're friends with on Facebook that don't know about that. Or I had – I don't even know how many people reach out to me like – I've been going through the same thing and I thought I was by myself. And so like, I feel like that intention for it is so like beautiful and pure. If you're ready to share, like it's totally understandable why, why you wouldn't be comfortable or why you wouldn't want those questions. Cause yeah, it's really, really fucking stupid. But like, I don't know. I feel like that's what it's about. I've already put all my shit out there. So if I post any more this week, it's really just going to make me think about this week more and I don't need to think about this fucking week any more than I already am. So just not here for it this year. Yeah. That's all it is. I think another part of it too is like, I hate being told to show camaraderie. You You hate doing things that everybody else does. I really do. I'm like so loving of counterculture and I hate being forced. I love being provocative. <laughs> like, I just like fucking pissing people off. And um, for for some reason this year, I just have a real attitude with it. I am, I put it on my personal account. I do get messages. I got a message from a friend. We were pretty good friends in college. And she's having a really interesting time with anovulatory cycles and living in an area that has no reproductive endocrinologist for 200 miles. Oh, shit. I was like, fuck, man, that sucks. But, yeah, I think, I mean, I I like that we have a week, right? But, like, I live it every year, every day, every week, every year. And um, for some reason, I feel like those that want to pull the videos together are those that eventually got to a happy ending. And I am far from any sort of happy ending at this point. My happy yeah, endings are just acid and mushrooms. Yeah, I think it's like a, a lot of the ones that are able to be all positive and cheerleadery are the ones that have had success. Meanwhile, the rest of us that have not had success that are that were either recently unsuccessful or where, wherever we're at, like we're we're not excited about it. I'm not excited about us having a week. I'm not excited to be. Hey, I'm not excited to be part <laughs> of this. Like, I I can't generate the exciting positivity for it and the little message boards and the yeah and you know what maybe this week would mean i don't have it in me if i didn't create this instagram right like if i was an infertile in my own personal space and seeing like the resolve stuff and seeing people on like peloton rides and you know with the ttc stuff i'd be like oh wow this is really cool but i think 
because I'm in it, I'm just kind of like, no, we should be doing this every fucking week. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we shouldn't be just doing it this week. I'm just being a bitch, and I know it, and I also hate being told what to do, so. I think the people who, like, share regularly are feeling the same way that you're feeling. The people who share every day are feeling the same way. I mean, I did one post. I posted yesterday and like laying all of my needles and stuff out there. I cried for an hour after. Dude, I, I cried watching I your like, video. Oh yeah. It was a video. I, I thought it was I, well, a I did a video on stories. my story oh, and I it was it. like, it was basically like, here's all my needles and this is all for nothing. So it was a huge container. It was a, a rubber made container. Yeah. Like a big plastic Rubbermaid container full of needles and vials and, you know. So, I mean, yeah, doing that and then, like, laying it all out and, like, putting it all out there was, like, I literally cried for an hour because it was, like, overwhelming. So those of us who, like, post all the time about it are overwhelmed this week because we're, like, seeing everybody's posts like that and those of us who are like empathetic are taking that on ourselves too. So it's like Mm -hmm. just too much. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a lot. Also that post was incredibly powerful. Like how you set it all up and everything you said, it was really beautiful. I really, I really enjoyed it in a dark and twisted way in terms of just brutal honesty. Sounds, Um, Sounds like a lot of people really like saw that and we're like oh my god yeah well because we're sold this um dirty bill of goods where you do ivf you get a baby Mm -hmm. there's a lot of assurances and air quotes that they give you this is gonna work this is gonna be no big deal and i can't fucking fathom eight retrievals three transfers two horrendously soul-sucking miscarriages where you're constantly in a state of panic of, is this working? Is this not working? Is it like, I would be symptom spotting that whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah, be peeing on every goddamn stick. I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I was crazy. Like the, the times I've been the craziest in this journey were like after my two transfers, when I was in beta hell at didn't know what was going to happen. What are some of your coping mechanisms? Like as someone you're the, you've done more IVF stuff than anyone I've ever met. Um, how did you stay sane? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, Do you I mean, consider yourself sane? No, <laughs> no, that's the thing. So I think it's just a vicious cycle of like, I'm done with the cycle. Okay, now I can like drink and indulge and like go on vacation or like do whatever like between cycles. And I think that's it. It's just like this vicious cycle of like going into robot mode during retrieval cycles. And then after that, it's like, oh, I'm free. I can do all the things I like to do outside of infertility. And I think that's really it. I have never been a person who's like into meditation or like making myself feel calm. Like that's if you want to like make my anxiety like skyrocket, make me feel calm. <laughs> Hence you I being an ER nurse. Meditation, <laughs> stuff like that. Like if you're going to tell me to like sit here and be calm, my anxiety is going to be through the roof. So 
Yeah, it does yeah, not work. I mean, yeah, does not work for me. I wish it did. I would love to like close my eyes and be able to like chill. Yeah, but I, like the second my eyes are closed, <laughs> I'm making lists. I'm thinking about all the th- things that I didn't get done today. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fucking tough. Wondering I if my friends class. are mad at me. It's just fuck. I did three hours every Tuesday for two and a half months of a meditation course. How, stress reduction, meditation for stress reduction, stress, something like that. Anyways, <laughs> I still, I still meditate. I do highly recommend um, guided meditations, like the Peloton guided meditations by Cody Rigsby are adorable because I love it. Are voice. you sponsored by a Peloton now? Or? Uh, essentially, look, it's in my background. <laughs> I but um, I see it. I also have. Um, I just, I don't know. Meditation helps-ish, but I also have breaking out in a rash from my day-to-day, if you can't see that on my neck. A stress rash. So I probably need to meditate more. But I'm out of wine. (laughs) I need more wine. (laughs) Um, You also are really good at eating really healthy and, like, relaxing when you need to relax. Like, I feel like you're pretty good at hearing or giving your body what it what it craves. I will say that I am like, if I have like one strength that I'm like really proud of, it's my self awareness. I know when I'm feeling stressed. I know when I'm feeling relaxed, and I know how to fix those things. Like fix yeah. when I'm feeling stressed. You give yourself a lot of grace. How do you do that? Have you always been that way? No. No, and I think it's, like, in the past few years, I've had to, like, develop a lot more self-awareness and figure out, like, when I need to give myself grace and when I need to stress out about things. Yeah, that's really impressive. I have always been very envious of your balance in this. Like, you're not out there telling everyone to eat a dick because of not waffles. <laughs> like you're very, you're very chill and you're very like, I mean, I'm uh, not everyone's chill, but like in comparison to myself, I very much admire your balance, your like regimens, you have routines, you take breaks when you need to take breaks. Like you, your self-awareness is enviable. And I really admire that about you. It's I love how you say you're talking about yourself, like you're not actually talking about both of us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> essentially, when I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about Corey and I now. We're a buy, buy one, get two free. Well, um, I know you think I'm just as unstable, if not more so than you are. So you, I like, think you you're, go ahead and say we. You're you more unstable. <laughs> you, could, you could just not sugarcoat it. Yeah. No, it's Tell just... how you really feel. It's crazy, because um, I think... I've seen a lot of people that start their Instagram and they start IVF and they get into the cycle and it's a, they rapidly go downhill mental health wise and their relationship in a very exposed way rapidly goes downhill and they're like, they're not taking care of themselves. And that's fucking easy because you to do, cause you're feeling fucking broken. And Emily, you've always been like very adamant on taking care of yourself which I think also has helped you be where you are right now. It's also a control thing. Like for me, exercise and eating healthy is the way that I can control my life. And being on a routine, you know, that's, 
that's a control thing for me. And when I'm feeling out of control with infertility, that's how I reel it back in is I'm like, okay, I have this routine and, Mm -hmm. you know, I can eat healthy, I can work out and this is how I can take care of myself. So I don't know. I think that's just always what I revert back to. And it's you would have been my great way of military. controlling my life. <laughs> no, it's no, military I, life. <laughs> I don't like being told what to do either. So <laughs> don't tell me where to live and what to be at work, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that we're all like secretly. Uh, it's not so secret, but I love that we're all rebels. Okay. So now is when we start talking about our non-fertility related obsession. Corey, you don't do it. <laughs> I get to do it if I say the non if I tee it up. Do you want to tee it up? You tee it up right now. Don't fucking look at me like that. I'm going to smack that nose ring out your head. Come try. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway. Kaylee, what's your non-fertility related obsession? Um, Did I do that right? Yeah. I have made a copious amount of impulse buys. Like I've spent, I spent $500 on impulse buy, impulse buys this weekend. All right. Give me the top like five things you bought. Okay. But yeah. Bought. Oh, I impulse, I drunk bought wallpaper. So I just found out that's being delivered. I didn't even remember doing that. Where are you putting it? Oh, so you know, when you come up the stairs, everything's white except for this wall where the bathroom is, it's brown. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wallpaper that with that wallpaper it's really pretty i think it'll be explain it it's it's a crane wallpaper so it's a linen wallpaper with like a dusty rose background and white cranes in this like geometric looking thing anyways okay so i did that i bought the olive and june nail kit and like all the nail polishes Mm -hmm. um i bought glossier set I was like, I might try to actually do my makeup. I I can't wait to hear what you think about that. I think I, so in this whole makeup, so I used to be really into makeup like 15 years ago. And then I started working out all the time and like just wore bikinis and shorts. So like I was really grungy for a long period of time and I didn't put any makeup on. And then like trying to get back into putting on makeup, I just couldn't do it. What is she doing? (laughs) I don't know what she's doing. I had to get off the chair. Oh my gosh. I, I thought she was squatting. I was Like, I have the worst hot glasses right now, and I am, like, sweating. So my chair that I'm sitting on is, like, wet. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. That's <laughs> terrible. to be discreet about it. You don't have to be discreet with it. No, that. you don't. I thought you were doing squats. So I was like, oh, yeah. Emily's so badass. No, no, definitely not. I, I thought she was to... leaving to get more wine and trying to be quiet well, about it. That too. That too. I was like, well, if I'm going to get off the chair, I might as well get more wine. Go get more wine. Go get more wine. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> uh, Disappear. Yes. Nice. She did just come from like a Napa wine tour. Yeah, but I can't drink any of that wine because my husband and I got it together. So that's like our rule is like if we if we bought the wine together, if it's like our wine club wine, we have to drink it together. So that's sweet. That is sweet. So I had to go buy more wine. 
No. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> Wouldn't no. be either. How do you not get, do you have acid reflux issues? Am I the only yeah, one? No, I do. I actually, so I can't drink every day because otherwise I have like really bad heartburn. So <laughs> I have to this space out my binge drinking. <laughs> <laughs> <This is> adult. <laughs> You're like, so Wednesdays for binge drinking. Fridays for light drinking. Saturday on the calendar. I mean, do you see how heavy this pour is? I love it. I fucking wish I had it in my hand right fucking now. It does look good. Oh, God. Um, okay. Yeah. Olive and June. What else did I get? I got some other things. But I bought a bunch of random shit off fucking Instagram. Oh, I got this Frida Kahlo robe. Oh. I'm yeah, I very see that. It's very cool. Its undertone is hot pink. Which is interesting because I'm not a pink person, but it's like a very bold Frida Kahlo like. On you some see of so her art. little of the background too. Like it's so full of the design. Like yeah. I don't feel like when you said it was pink, I was like, "That's not fucking pink." I thought it was green. Honestly, you can get it other colors, but I did that, it's and then I got a recycled silk sar- wedding sari robe. So it's all these wedding wedding saris like quilted together into a robe. So I'm just gonna be living my robe life. That's it. I'm gonna be naked wearing robes. That sounds amazing. So those, that's my non-fertility related obsession is this weird. Being naked wearing robes. Just buying a bunch of shit. I'm just buying shit I don't need and I don't fucking care. I love just wearing robes around the house. Like, yeah. they naked underneath. Like, I yeah. used to do that all the time. I don't know why I don't do it anymore. Especially if you're having hot flashes. It's like the best because oh you can just untie it and fan no, yourself. No, because sleeves. That's the thing. It's like, I usually live in like a tank top and shorts because it's cooler than yeah yeah that's true like a robe you do live in a hot area so to have hot flashes right now in a hot area that's like fucking hell yeah and my husband like refuses to let me turn the air condition lower no (laughs) we have solar on the house why can't i turn it lower (laughs) oh my god my parents got solar so they could put on air conditioning and feel good about it his thing is like we haven't had a an electricity bill in like since we got the solar because we're like staying under our like cap or whatever. So he wants to keep it that way. So if I turn on the air conditioning, we're going to have an electricity bill. And he's like, not cool with that. Cause he's cheap. You're like motherfucker. When's the last time you had a hot flash? Here's I know. Right. Do. Here's what you do. You unplug a refrigerator. How many refrigerators do you have? One. Unplug the refrigerator, turn on the AC. No. That turn- <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Keep my wine cold. If you don't open your refrigerator and you turn that off and then turn on your AC, it's like the same load. I don't even know your refrigerator- how. No. So I don't even know how to turn off, like unplug the refrigerator because, like, look, it's built in. Oh yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know how to unplug that. All right. Well, then never mind. But in the future, I mean, no, we have a wine fridge too, but that's built in too. Okay. Well, whatever, bougie, Emily. <laughs> Says the girl that just remodeled her kitchen. Have you seen her kitchen? Emily's kitchen? We have the same counters. Oh, yeah. Here's my counter. Oh, my God. So pretty. She has. Yeah, my kitchen kitchen. is beautiful. It is. It's massive. All right, Emily, what's your non fertility related obsession? Wine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I mean, That's a great one. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really wine. Great wine. What do you do after you drink a bunch of wine? Because your husband's not home. So, like, is do you watch The Bachelor and like get all cozy? And what's yeah. what's your thing? So I've been like, when I drink the wine, I drink it like outside. When it start, once the sun goes behind the mountains, it's like not miserable outside. So I'll go sit out there and drink my wine and like feels really nice because I'm like having happy hour in my backyard and then I like end up getting like tipsy or drunk and I'm like all right now what so <laughs> I found I find new shows on Netflix and I just sit there and binge watch Netflix and continue drinking that sounds you know, fucking great until I fall asleep I think that that's a great coping mechanism and a great sounds fertility like sounds very healthy <laughs> also you had like a bobcat in your neighborhood the other day or some yeah. fucking shit yeah, so we have coyotes everywhere around here, but I had never heard of a bobcat anywhere near it. And if for some reason, like, they're smaller than coyotes, but I feel like they're more threatening. Totally. So, I mean, it's but, a fucking cat. And it was in somebody's backyard. Like, one of my neighbor's backyards. And I'm like, eh, I, maybe I shouldn't let the cat, like, go play in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, that would freak me out. Fuck. Well, now I want to drink wine. I feel like I should go get a bottle of wine. I think I just might. Corey, what's your non-fertility related obsession besides Nick's and you making out? She's literally standing on my lap demanding attention. She is you as an animal. <laughs> it's accurate. Your That's mom would agree. Accurate. That's probably accurate. I was going to say I'm more ind- independent, but no, I need attention. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking have one. Is it your nose ring? No, <laughs> I don't. I really don't have one. I don't know. I'm not obsessed with anything this week. I bought That's myself a lie. Really, I bought myself three bundles of flowers and I put them all together in a big old oh. vase. Oh, look, you can kind of. That's so nice. Yeah, a bunch of colors, he- and I got some sunflowers and some greens. That's nice. I like that. How is that a rainbow humidifier? What does this setup look like? She got this humidifier That's for her her fig, and on it it says like humidifier party or something, something to do with a oh, party. it said magic shadow or something like that. I don't know. It's obvious. It's it's made in China, um, but so I'll send you a picture of it. It looks just like a tiny little water bottle, and you fill it up with water, and you can push the button, and it'll sit there and humidify for like up to eight hours. Um, and then the lights flash like rainbow colors. So literally right now, Freddie is sitting there getting misted with a rave. random rainbow lights just shining at him. He's having a little disco party. That's awesome. In the corner by himself. I love that for him. Yeah. I hope he likes it. And I hope he stops being such a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> All right. Well, Emily, where can the people find you? Exercise for cheese fries. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I want that's my Instagram. Exercise for cheese fries. And then she has also has an Amazon faves that's pretty well stocked. So oh, if you look yeah. at her link, I keep that updated for sure. Like with all of my Amazon faves. Yeah, Corey. Do you know about Amazon faves, Corey? Because you should make one for her account. It's pretty cool. Go look at Emily's. Emily has some good stuff. Like, I sure will. You just like fill out an application and they like review your Instagram and make sure you have like enough followers and like enough engagement. And then they're like, all right, you're good. 
and then you just tell Make people you're yeah. yeah you just on you, know, you just like yeah you just like create categories and like put stuff in your categories oh that's that my amazon my fave for the week i sent this to Corey. Wow, that's so much smaller than it looked in the video it's, you sent me. It's I know it's very small, but it's this um, tiger grass color correcting, and basically it just takes all the redness out of your skin and then has an SPF. But it legitimately so it goes on green because it's red correcting, but then it it looks like I have foundation on, but I don't. It's just this stuff. So I mean, I don't have it on now, but I'll show you maybe a before and after side by side. I would so love that. See. But we should put this on our Amazon faves because it's a fave of mine. Yeah. All right. And maybe maybe a vape. All right. That's it. This is the Angry Infertiles. Yeah, we're Happy done now. Iowa. We're done now. Thanks That's for coming it. on, Emily. It was really fun <laughs> having you. And we should all drink together in New Orleans sometime. Oh, yeah, definitely. We should get really drunk at the beer wine garden because it was wine on the other side of the beer garden, right? Yeah. 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 She knows. Yeah. Bye, dear garden. Yeah. Yeah. I love it that makes place. me so happy. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah. bye, y'all.